Welcome to the Center Ranch Church Weekly Podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we thank you. God, that, God I thank you that the people aren't limited just to what I have to say, but, but can hear what you have to say to them this morning. It might be completely opposite, something different of what I'm, I'm saying. And God, I thank you, God, that whatever we, whatever we need to know this year, God, whatever revelation we need to understand, whatever empowerment we need to have, God, we pray, God, that you would give us that understanding, give us that empowerment. God, speak to us today because, God, we need you. God, we need your power. We need your voice. We need your guiding. And so God, we pray that as we, as we dive into your word today, speak to us in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. So as we're in a, starting a series called when you fast, and we're going to start off in, in Luke chapter four, reading at, at, as the time, whenever Jesus fasted, Luke chapter four, we'll jump around a few scriptures, but It'll make sense. We're going to start in Luke chapter four, verse one. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So this was just after water baptism when he had like, received the, the, the Holy Spirit, descended on, on him like a dove, received the Holy Spirit. So it says, he was led into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days and at the end of them, he was hungry. We'll stop there for just a minute. So it's understood here that Jesus was fasting. It says that, and he was hungry. He was hungry. That's fasting. Biblical fasting, uh, that word fast means to cover one's mouth, right? So at Christmas time, uh, New Year's, you know, you're just putting as many, as much food into your mouth as you can, right? It's just as much as you can possibly fit in there. That's what I'm going to be eating, uh, right? Fasting is the opposite. It's like, okay, I'm covering my mouth. I'm not going to be letting food come into my mouth for a time, right? A time set aside uh, for prayer. And so this is important because sometimes whenever we, we enter into times of fasting and prayer, which the Bible tells us to, uh, people think, okay, well, you know what? I'm just gonna fast like social media. I'm just gonna fast TV. I'm gonna fast maybe a relationship. Uh, but fasting means covering one's mouth. It means not eating because if it didn't, then Jesus, he would've been fasting all the time, right? He didn't have, he didn't have TV. He didn't have Netflix. He couldn't pull that up and watch whatever. Uh, and so, you know, uh, you know, so fasting means it's not eating for the purpose of spending dedicated time to God in prayer. So fasting means to cover one's mouth. And Pastor Luke went over some specifics already this morning about how we're encouraging you to fast. And so one way is called a partial fast, which is fasting. Uh, you see this in the Bible from sun up to sun down. So we call it just like a six to six fast. So we're fasting from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And so you can not eat at that time, spend time in prayer, join us here throughout the week at noon for some prayer, and then 
uh, fa- eats that, that evening after six. So that's a partial fast. That's one way to do it. Another, another way is just a full fast where you can choose selected days to just not eat completely or do the entire 21 days completely uh, not eating at all. And I'll just, I'll just let you know, it, that sounds terrifying, right? It sounds not eat for 21 days. You must be out of your mind. But it's it, like you can do it. I'm tell, you can do it. And uh, several years ago, um, I, I, you know, God had done some really great things in mine and my wife's life. And so we come to the point where we're fasting for the first time. Mind you, I was already a pastor at this point in time, but I had never fasted. And, and so I remember talking to Pastor Luke, who was my mentor at this point in time. And it came up on 21 days of fasting and prayer that time, because uh, churches everywhere do this, right? This isn't just a us thing. It's, it's the church body of Christ is doing this. And uh, so he, I remember talking to him about fasting and he's like, you can do it. You can do it. And I'm just like swallowing, you know, like, I don't know if I can, but like, and I did it. Praise the Lord. But you can, you can do it too. I'm telling you, you can do it. You can fast and God is going to do incredible things. I believe when we take time to fast. So there, there's a few different ways that you can participate in fasting with us, but let's, let's keep on reading. So Jesus was fasting in, in, the, in the wilderness, and if we were to keep on reading, we see where he's tempted uh, by the devil himself. And this is a really great passage of scripture. There's a lot that we can get out of it, uh, but we're specifically talking about fasting. So we're gonna jump over the portion where he's tempted by the devil, and it's over. He's, he's finished being tempted, and he's leaving the wilderness. So we'll pick back up at verse 14. So it says, Jesus returned to Galilee, in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. So Jesus spends time in fasting and prayer. And when he's done it with this time of fasting and prayer, it says that he leaves in the power of the Holy Spirit. He leaves having received power from the Holy Spirit. Now this word power is where we get the word dynamite. It means dunamis. That's the Greek word dunamis, power. And it can mean several different things. So it can mean a physical power. Uh, It can mean like a miraculous power. It can mean force. It can mean might. It can mean efficacy, which is awesome. It means like the ability to produce a desired result. And then it also uh, can mean energy, energy. And that's where I want to focus on mostly today in the sense that fasting, that when we spend time in fasting and prayer, it, it, it enables us to have a revitalized life, a, a new passion, increased energy, increased zeal. And so, you know, it's interesting is that when you spend time in fasting and prayer, you'll notice that your body gets weaker, right? So it's like without fail, every single time we do the fast, uh, every single year, it's we get like 45 inches of snow in January. It's like, come on, right? And so I don't have a snowblower, so I'm outside, uh, you know, shoveling snow, and I'm like, oh my gosh, right? So you, because you're tired, you're just like, you, you're physically, you're tired. But spiritually, it's the opposite. So even though you're getting tired physically, you're, you're empowering your spirit man. You're, you're enabling your spirit man to, to become alive again. You're renewing your inner man. You're receiving an increase of energy, an increase of passion, an increase of zeal for the things of God, for your marriage, for your calling. You're receiving energy in life. 
and vitality into you. And having energy is important in life. Having energy is very important in life. So, so one, one reason why it's important is because God, what God can do is limited to the amount of energy that we have, that we operate in. What God can do is limited to the amount of energy that we have. Look with me at Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Romans 12, 11, <clears throat> excuse me. It says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never be lacking in zeal. Never be lacking in zeal. If you can lack in zeal, then that means there's a level of zeal or energy, life, right? If you can be lacking in zeal, then that means there's a level of zeal that you should be operating in. Right? Your zeal's here, but you're lacking in it. There's a level of zeal that you should be operating. If you can lack in zeal, then there's a level of zeal that we should have in order for God to, to do things. And we understand this in a lot of different areas of life. So take basketball, the game of basketball, if you will, with me. Imagine you're watching a basketball game on TV or you're in the stands watching a high school basketball game and there's a player that's walking around like this. There's a defender that's coming by, and to swat the ball, he's like, I'll get him. Ugh. Or there's a rebound. So, you know, generally, when there's a rebound, everybody goes nuts, right? It's like a, a gold, flying piece of gold that came out of the sky, and they're just running over and jumping, and, you know. But imagine instead, they're like this. <sighs> they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose. The player's gonna, the coach is gonna, you know, you scream at them at least, right? They're going, they're going to lose. There's a, in many things, there's a level of energy that we have to have in order for there to be a result, in order for there to be success. There's a level of energy that we have to have. And the same is also true when it comes to our relationship with God. And a good way to look at that is just by looking at church services. You know, Pastor Luke says it all the time. That church services are like a microcosm of what life is like in general. And so take church services, for example. You've probably noticed that some church services, God is moving and it's like, you know, it, like people are being saved and, and, and the, the power of the Holy Spirit is here. And it's like, it's like it's almost, you can almost tangibly feel God's presence. And then other times, other times you sit in a service and it's like, it's like, man, this is dead, right? Like, man, this like, there's nothing really happening. People are not really getting saved. It's just like, you know, it's, just, it's like a dead atmosphere. But if you think about it, what, you know, why is that? Because you'll notice that difference in, in between services sometimes. And you think, you know, what's the deal here? So we have the same God, right? Same God between services. You know, 9 a.m. isn't worshiping another God, right? Uh, and the same God, you have the same worship team, right? They have the same songs. Uh, you know, there's the same message in general, right? The same message. 
So like, what's, what's the difference? What's the deal? Well, it's the level of zeal and energy that their people are bringing into the service. Because what actually happens is that that energy, it pulls, it pulls on God. And he, the Bible says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. That it attracts the presence of God into, into the church service. And that's also true just about life. That when we're people with energy and life and vitality about us, that God can do something. God can move. And see, God wants to move. God always wants to move. He wants he wants to move in the 9 a.m. service. He wants to move in the 11 a.m. service. He wants to move in our life. He wants to move in our marriage. He wants to move in our job. He wants our, our impact to increase. He wants, he wants to move in our lives. But we have to have energy and vitality about us. So that's, that's one reason why energy is so important. Another reason why energy is so important is because one of the challenges that people face in life is growing weary. One of the challenges... Energy is important because one of the challenges that people face in life is growing weary. Look with me at Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Galatians 6, 9, it says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So one way to look at this, it says if we do not grow weary. So one way to look at it is you don't become weary, you grow weary. And that weariness is like a seed that if it's cultivated, right, if it's, if it's watered, then it'll grow into this full-blown desire to give up. Whether we're talking about on your relationship with God, in your marriage, in life in general, right? Suicide, you know, if, blow, it can, if it's cultivated, weariness will grow into this full-blown desire to give up. And a good example of this is found in Joshua, I'm sorry, in Judges chapter, chapter 15. Of how, of how people grow in weariness, how weariness grows in people. So Judges chapter 15, we'll start reading in verse nine, but to give you some backstory first, so this is the story of Samson, and he's sent by God to be a deliverer, a rescuer for the, the Israelites, the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, and he's empowered by God, so he's super strong. He has incredible strength, and for some time now in this passage up to this point, uh, uh, Samson and the Philistines are kind of going back and forth in different skirmishes. So the Philistines are doing something, Samson's responding back. The Philistines are doing something to oppress people, and then Samson's doing something back. And so it's, it's been going back and forth like this for some time. And so that's kind of where, where we are. Samson is away, kind of like in a cave at this point. So uh, Judges chapter 15, starting in verse 9. It says, the Philistines went up and camped in Judah, spreading out near Lehi. The people of Judah asked, why have you come to fight us? We've come to take Samson prisoner, they answered, to do to him as he did to us. Then 3,000 men from Judah went down to the cave in the rock of Edom and said to Samson, don't you realize that the Philistines are rulers over us? What have, we do uh, what have you done to us? He answered, I merely did to them what they did to me. They said to him, we've come to, we've come to tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines. 
Samson said, swear to me that you won't kill me yourselves. Agreed, they answered. We will only tie you up and hand you over to them. We will not kill you. So they bound him with two new ropes and led him up from the rock. As he approached Lehi, the Philistines came toward him shouting. The spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax and the bindings dropped from his hands. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, so he went straight Rambo style here. I mean, he's just going whatever he can. Uh, Finding the jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. Then Samson said, with with a donkey's jawbone, I've made donkeys of them. Imagine reading that in the King James Version. That'd be funny. With the donkey's jawbone, I've killed a thousand men. So I was saving that one for the 11 a.m. service. Uh, (laughs) So... So he, you know, he, he, ha- he fights a thousand men. Okay, we'll, we'll continue reading in a little bit, but he fights a thousand men. There's no way possible that he, that's not possible without having supernatural power from God, right? That this, is, this is a feat that he has to have some sort of power and energy working in him that's greater than himself, or that's just frankly impossible because let's think about it. What would it take for you to kill a thousand men, okay? This is gonna be very grotesque, right? Uh, so talking about killing people, a thousand men, a thousand men, what would it take for you to kill a thousand men? Uh, it's, you know, impossible, right? So, you know, even if you were able to prevent from being completely surrounded and being taken out, you might be able to take one or two people, right? At some point, you're going to completely run out of energy to be able to do this, right? And not only were these just men, these were soldiers. They were trained warriors. So they, they probably had swords. Now he's got a jawbone. They've got swords, probably shields. They have, they have battle experience. They know how to fight. And so, you know, let, let's say best case scenario, you're, you're a, a trained soldier, you're in the best shape of your life, right? You, like, you know how to fight. And it, so it's like, at some point, it's like, you're going to want to give up because every single man that you face is gonna be a battle in its own, right? It's like, you, you go up to the one person, it's not just like, you just tap them with the jawbone and they fall over. We're talking about trained soldiers. Every single man is a fight. Every single, every single man for a thousand men, for a thousand, right? If, if you, let's say you take 50 out, you've got 950 left. You've got a long way to go. So, you know, just you can imagine this idea of man after man after man after man is a fight in itself. That's a lot how people get weary in life without having power from God. Because because there's only so much that we have in ourselves. Really, we have nothing. Jesus says in John 15, apart from me, you can't do nothing. So, you know, if you think, okay, I've got one challenge, I've got one man, one one person, like I can can handle that. But life oftentimes ends up like, like with, here it was Samson where it can, be, it can certainly feel like problem after problem, man after man, thing after thing, right? Take, take marriage. Sometimes marriages can feel that way, where it's like, you know, there's nothing but tension in, in the marriage, right? Week after week, 
Maybe month after month, it's, it's tension. It's just things are not good. When, whenever you come home from work, it's like you almost have to avo- stay in separate rooms because there's just so much, so much tension. And, and then on the weekends, when you're around each other a lot, it's like, hey, there's fighting, and then there's screaming, and there's getting in the car and driving the way and sleeping on the, sleeping on the couch, right? It, like people get to a point where they're saying, like, I just don't know how much I can take of this anymore, right? Man after man, I don't know how much more I'm gonna be able to keep fighting, here. Or, or work can, can certainly feel this way. I remember a time before I was ministering full-time in construction, as a pastor, I was working in construction. And our company was predominantly in the oil and gas industry. And in 2019, about this point in time, uh, it was, this was like the downfall of the oil, a big downfall in the oil and gas industry. And so everybody was just on edge. Everybody was tense. Uh, you know, our, we were, in terms of a company, performing one of our, had one of our worst performing years. Uh, my direct boss comes to me and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna be putting in my application, like I'm probably thinking about going elsewhere. Uh, our, our owner, right, he's on edge and it's like you are avoiding him at all costs. Like I'm not being in the same room as the owner. It's just like this not, it's just like this terrible span of time. And so of course, I'm, I'm trying to be faith-filled. I'm trying to be, you know, maintain joy. I'm trying to be strong in this. But I'm, you know, coming home to my wife and she was a great encouragement at this point in time. But it can, things like that can certainly make you feel, I don't know how much, how much more of this I can take. How many more men, how much more I can just keep fighting. How much more I have in me left. So what, you know, whether we're talking about relationships or work or, you know, maybe a temptation that just keeps on, uh, you know, bothering you or uh, maybe it's just everything, right? Because sometimes people say, you know, it's just everything. It's just everything. It's just life in general, right? It's, 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 you know, the kids at school, it's, you know, people don't understand me. It's, 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 I can't find a job. It's just, it's my kids. It's my, it's just everything. It's just everything. And I don't know how much more that I can take of this, right? So first, we've got to understand that this isn't just like some force called life that is, is making life terrible. There's a real Satan and a real devil that's out to steal and destroy, steal, kill and destroy people's lives. And that's what Jesus told us in John 10, 10. He says, he says uh, the thief who's Satan comes to steal, to kill and destroy. And one of the things that Satan comes to steal and destroy from us is energy. Because if he can take the energy and life out of us, out of us then he, he completely takes the fight out of us. Right? Because if you get to the point where you just, I don't even want to, I don't even want to be alive anymore and you die, commit suicide, that you're, you're done. Right? I mean, think about it. If he can take the life out of you, then he wins. Right? But we don't have to live life that way. But life does not have to go this way for us. Yes, we're going to have challenges and yes, we're going to have difficulties in life, but we don't have to just struggle and just, just fight our way through life. We can be strong like Samson and say, a, a thousand men, this is nothing. 950 more men, this is nothing. I've got 9,000, I can got 9,050 more men in me because I have power from God because we can be strong and mighty and full of energy to just keep on going through life. We, we can be strong. I, I, want to, I want to read a couple of scriptures that show we, we don't have to be weary. We don't have to be weak. You know, God stresses we can be strong. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, finally, be strong in the Lord 
and in his mighty power. Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Isaiah 40, verse, starting in verse 28, it says, do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. You know, stopping there for a second, God by nature doesn't get tired or weary. God by nature doesn't get tired or weary. And if we're his children and he's alive on the inside of us, we shouldn't get tired or weary. We should, we should have some supernatural energy about us, right? We, we, we don't have to be tired or weary because God is our father and he lives on the inside of us. We have his spiritual DNA. Then he says, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and, stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Right? You have this idea that's strong. It's like, man, we don't have to be weary. We, don't have, we can be strong. We can be full of energy and life and passion. We can be strong full of energy. But then, you know, it says, even if you're weak, it says, reading the scripture, even if you are weak, it says he gives strength to the weak and increases the power of the weak. So we might be weak, but we don't have to stay weak. We might be weary, but we don't have to stay weary. Jeremiah 31, 25, very similarly, it says, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. So we don't, we don't have to be weak. We don't have to be weary. We don't have to just, oh man, life is just too much for me to handle. No, I've, the power of God is on the inside of me. So I can handle a lot more than what Satan is trying to throw at me and destroy me and destroy my confidence, destroy my faith and destroy my passion. He's got nothing on me in Jesus name. Jesus name. Jeremiah 12, 5. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5. It says this, if racing against mere men makes you tired, how will you race against horses? If you stumble and fall on open ground, what will you do in the thickets near the Jordan? If you race, if racing against mere men makes you tired, how can you race against horses? You know, uh, I find this scripture somewhat funny and maybe just because of how like I hear like, God's voice speaking to me, but it almost seems like God is like bashing people here. Uh, you know, he's like racing a mere men makes you tired. Like, come on. All right. Uh, weak, you know, but, but God's not just being like incompassionate here. Right? It's because he knows the power that he's enabled us to walk in. He knows the, the gifting that we're able to walk in, the faith that we're able to have. He knows the passion that we, he knows the power that we can have. He knows. So he's like, listen, stop thinking and treating just like every problem that you have is just like the, the hardest thing and the worst thing in the world because you're meant for more. You can do more. You're meant to race against horses. Whatever problem I have, this is nothing. This is a small thing for God. I'm meant to race against horses. And so it's almost like a mindset as well that people fall into where they're just like, oh man, life is tough. Life is terrible. And you can actually see that in, in the story with Samson. Whenever the Israelites come up, come up to him to take him to, to take him to the Philistines, they say, don't you know that the Philistines are rulers over us? Don't you know that they're rulers over us? In other words, like, hey, don't you know we're supposed to be victims? 
Don't you know this is how our life is supposed to go? They had like this victim mentality about them that like, oh, woe is me. This is just how life is gonna go. No, this, it doesn't have to go this way. We can be strong and full of the power of God. And this is one of the reasons why we're fasting. Because when you take time to fast and to pray, God energizes your spirit. And even if coming into 2023, you are weak and weary and depressed and sad, maybe on the verge of suicide. No, what we can do is we can say, you know what, Satan, you've got nice try, but you've got nothing on me because I can, I can take time to fast and pray and pray and turn to God. And he's going to refresh me. He's going to revitalize my spirit. He's going to revitalize my passion. I'm going to come alive in Jesus mighty name. When we fast, it increases our energy. But then even if we're not weary, even if we're not coming into 2023 weary, uh, you know, like we're, we're going to have battles and challenges in life. That's just an inevitable thing. But we can get, take time at the beginning of the year to get full of God's power to say, whatever comes, I'm going to come out victorious in Jesus' name. I'm not meant to be a victor. I'm meant to be a victim in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Come on, say, say I'm strong. I'm strong. Say, I'm not weak. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Look back at Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. So one... One of the reasons why energy is important, or I'm sorry, one, uh, one, one of the ways that we can grow weary is, is through, through difficulty, right? Through growing weary, through, through life's circumstances. That's one way you can look at that verse. But another way that you can look at growing weary is in the sense that you grow, you grow and become weary because of the growth, that you grow weary from success. And this looks different from growing weary by, by hardship and, and tribulation because growing through difficulty, it's, it, it, it comes from like pain and suffering. Growing weary through difficulty, it comes from, it stems from pain and suffering. But growing weary through success in, in life, it, it looks more like complacency and familiarity and, and boredom, where if, you, if you're weary because of how, how tough life has been, then it's, it's I, I don't know if I can continue anymore. But, but when you get to a place of success where God has done some really great things in your life, been a believer for a long time, and you're comfortable, weariness in that sense looks different in that you're saying, not I, I can't continue, but I don't know if I care to continue. I, I don't, you know, I just I'm comfortable I'm fine. My, my life is good. You know, I, bills are paid. I, you know, I've got God. I'm going to heaven. And, and so, and so it, it, it looks different. But the Bible calls this Luke being lukewarm. Look with me at Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 14. It says, write this letter to the angel of the church of Laodicea. This is the message from the one who's the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are lukewarm water, since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. So, 
you know, the idea that God like hates this lukewarmness is pretty evident, right? Like he just, it's this idea. He says, I'll spit you out of my mouth, spew you out of my mouth. It's like this something that is just so disgusting that you're, you're spitting out of your mouth. Um, but why? What, what, why does he feel so strongly about lukewarmness? Well, you can think of it like, like water and like taking a shower. So I don't know if, if you've ever gotten in, gotten in the shower before and you thought that it was gonna be like warm and comfortable and great, but you get in and it's like 25 degrees. And so you, you, you go to get in, you feel the water and you're like, oh my gosh, right? Uh, or you do something where you're like, you know, like reaching around the tub and you're like, you know, <laughs> trying to turn the knobs. Uh, because when it's cold, it makes you want to do something about it. When it's cold, it makes you want something to change. The same is also true with it being hot, right? In that if you get in the shower and it's not like nice hot, but it's like melt your skin off hot, then it's like, you know, you're also trying to do like the little reach around thing or you get out of the shower and then you fix it, right? Because, because when, it, when something is either hot or cold, that's when you want it to change. And the same is true when it comes to our relationship with God. That is someone who's cold, someone who's cold and just doesn't really know anything about God, maybe they just hate God and don't want anything with God. God can actually use that. God can actually do something about that because eventually that person is gonna come to a point in their life where they know things have got to change. Things have got to change. The things have to be different. Things have, I've got to move. So I've, something's got to be done. Or if you take someone who's hot and on fire for God, of course, they're, they're moving. They're in line with God. They're, they're, you know, whatever you tell me to do, whatever you tell me to say, God, that's what I'm going to do. But you take someone who's lukewarm, right, who's just comfortable in life and just, just okay with where they're at. God, God, can't, God can't do anything about them. He's almost outside of what he, they're almost outside of what he can do because they're fine. They don't want anything to change. They're, they're good. They, they like things just, just how they are. And so this is one of the reasons, another one of the reasons why we take time to fast and to pray because we're saying, God, I, I don't ever want to become comfortable with where I'm at in you. I don't ever want to get to a place where I'm complacent, where I'm familiar with the things of God, where I'm bored with the things of God. No, God, I, if there's more and further and better that you have for me, and there is, then God, I want to go there. God, I want to go there. So fasting, it energizes our spirit to become alive and passionate, to go back to our first love and to, and to, and to have a fire and a hotness about us whenever it comes to, to, to life and to God and to our calling and to our relationships. You know, I don't know if you can feel it, but God is about to do something big in this church. I feel with every single fiber of my being that God is about to do something big in this church and we can't miss it. We can't afford to miss it. God has something more that he wants. You know, we've seen God do some great things over the years in this church with some really, really great things, but there's more that God wants to do in this church. And that means there's more that God wants to do in you. You understand that because what God does in this church, he's doing a few people. Right, and so what there, God, I'm telling you, God, there's something is stirring and I, want, I don't wanna miss it. Whatever God has for me, wherever he wants me to go, I, I, I want to make sure that my heart, my passion, my life, my energy is in line so that God can take me and use me and empower me for what he wants me to do. So we're fasting, God, I can't, I can't settle for where I'm at. 
I, I, I can't settle for where I'm at. There's more and I'm gonna go there in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. You know, Jesus, very, very timely, whenever he was, in, whenever he was fasting, this was very timely for him. He wasn't, I don't think it was just by coincidence that he was fasting. If you look, this was actually the start of his ministry. The start of something big that God was gonna do on the earth. And something big that, was gonna, that God was gonna do something in, big in him. But God wants to do something big in us. We've got to fast and pray and align with God and say, God, use me in 2023 for something bigger. Use me in, in 2023. Speak to me in 2023. Grow me in 2023. I'm yours. You can have all of me. Fasting and prayer puts us in that place to align with God. Well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.